right, so welcome to episode number 57 of The Space in Between. And we're going to talk a little bit about the stories we tell ourselves today. Uh, but before we do that, we have an awesome event happening on Friday at COSM, the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors. Uh, that's happening Friday, December 20th it's from 6 to 9 p.m. And it's a, our winter solstice. It's our third annual winter solstice event. One of my favorite nomad events these days, uh, we have all of our nomad teachers, everybody who has graduated from our teacher trainings over the years, we invite them back to come and share uh, this experience. So we lead a yoga mala. It's 108 sun salutations. And yeah, we do 108 sun salutations. Uh, but you don't have to do all of them. If you need to take a little break, that's fine too. But it's just a really wonderful way of bringing our community together and celebrating the longest night of the year to welcome in the light, to um, invite it back in. And we end with a Movement 109 little dance party this year. So uh, after you do all that, we shake it out. So yeah, that's happening this Friday. And then we'll take a little break um, for the holidays so we can all celebrate the holidays. And we'll be back uh, on January 6th uh, with our new Movement 109 online course, Who Are You Becoming? So we did this earlier in the fall. It was a great transformative experience if you're a part of it or, um, yeah, if you were a part of it, you already know. But if you're curious about this, it's um, we're diving in deeper even with um, the similar tools of, you know, the Movement 109 practice with the new videos. We just shot our video series this weekend with some of our Nomad um, graduates. And uh, yeah, we'll have videos and our weekly calls on Mondays to get our community together and connect and see what, what needs to be unpacked a bit and um, journal prompts and work with archetypes. So it's a lot of self-inquiry here, a lot of new tools to take you deeper into you for this beautiful new year that's happening um, right around the corner, 2020. So let's get 2020 vision of who you want to become and let's make it happen. So you can find out more over at nomadalwaysatone.com uh, to sign up for that. And also if you sign up for it, there's an option to not only get the six, six week course, but you can also sign up as a member to our online studio, which we're relaunching also on January 6th. And uh, Jen Earing, who's been on here, one of our nomad teachers, she was on a couple of weeks ago. She is doing an awesome job creating uh, this platform for us. So we have our old video library of practices and meditations and and nomad talks uh, with all of our senior teachers, myself, Juan Carlos, Karina, Samantha. But now we have all these really wonderful new teachers who will be contributing too, like Jen and Jessica, who's been on here, and Amy, who's also been on here, and Aaron. And, uh, and so they will be contributing too with chair yoga and nutrition and other talks and meditations and other practices and tutorials. Oh, and Lori, um, she, Lori Beers, she'll also be on, um, on the online studio doing tutorials. So we have a really awesome crew and new material coming out uh, in addition to what we already offered in previous years. So yeah, you can have your practice at home, especially during the wintertime. It's nice to have something to motivate you um, when you're feeling maybe a little sluggish. So go over to the Nomad website and find out more about that. 
And now um, I'm going to share a little bit with you about my funk. <laughs> I was definitely in a funk. I think just in general, and I think I spoke to this um, before, but this time of year, it's a bit challenging, you know, with the holidays of, you know, having old, I wouldn't say I'm a very traditional person. I didn't really have the same traditions every year, but I definitely had, um, you know, some sort of um, experience when I was married, right? We kind of created our own little, our own little customs here and there and rituals and um, over the years, and I didn't have that anymore. So after the divorce, it, you know, seven years ago, it was really hard for me and also dealing with the passing of my father and, and then just, you know, seeing other loved ones who've lost their, you know, their loved ones and, you know, seeing them go through a hard time. It's just always been a really hard kind of challenging time and then just all the extra stuff that we have these other expectations of buying gifts for people and going to this party and eating this sugar and drinking this you know cocktails just like a lot of extra unnecessary stuff that that wears down our system you know our physical bodies but also wears down us energetically um and so yeah it's a bit challenging and you know I that's one of the reasons why I really started to charge up that gratitude practice that we spoke of a couple weeks ago um of doing 40 days of gratitude between Thanksgiving and the new year to set us up for the new year um and yeah I practice gratitude daily in general but I really am even more super conscious of it during this time of year but even with these tools, even with the practices, the other self-care practices, I came home from Thanksgiving and felt like I was in a funk. And maybe you can relate to this, right? Here I am, you know, being this, you know, quote unquote leader, teacher, mentor, whatever that word is that, that you want to choose the, that I play, um, leading nomad, uh, and especially on the Facebook platforms for grateful nomads and all of that. Here I am you know, holding myself accountable, other people holding myself accountable to a certain extent and to to keep that practice up. But I just did not want to get on there some days and just wanted to feel my feelings that were not very grateful, <laughs> to be honest. And, and uh, yeah, I was kind of nervous for myself, to be honest. I just felt really low energy, depressed. I was crying a lot. Um, I wasn't feeling good physically not sick, but just kind of feeling some stuff there and very emotional. And I was just kind of in a dark spot for a week or maybe almost two weeks. And um, I really started to look at like, why? Why is this happening? You know, okay, yes, I know what all the, those externals that I was sharing with you before of just to be in the holidays and those extra things, but I really have taken the time these past few years of, of pulling away the unnecessary stuff and making sure that I have, you know, some sort of tool in my tool box, self-care toolbox like gratitude. But here I was still feeling really low and nothing was wrong. You know, there's nothing wrong in my life. I'm living a really beautiful life. I have a lot of people in my life that love me. Um, I have a career, a path that, you know, purpose that's wrapped up in that, um, that I, that fulfills me. Um, I, I have a roof over my head. I have healthy food, you know, access to healthy food that I can eat. 
I even am living in a space where I have little furry friends that I get to, you know, nestle with. So there was really nothing wrong, you know, I was, but I was feeling like everything was wrong. And I have a feeling that you might relate to this a little bit. Um, but I was kind of unpacking it a little bit and, you know, I was exploring a romantic relationship this fall and we decided it wasn't something that was, um, that was necessary at this time and space, uh, just because it was a long distance kind of thing. And, um, yeah, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't quite the right space for it. So I was a little down about that, but you know, we were still remaining friends and still keeping that connection that we had and that we were, when we were exploring it. Um, and then I, you know, went from there to seeing my grandmother and seeing my family over Thanksgiving. And, you know, she's been a little sad just because it's again for her, it's hard for the holidays and she's losing, you know, people in her generation. And she's maybe one of the last ones standing in her generation. And she's lost a lot of loved ones over the years and you know other stuff that comes with it and so i think i was just like absorbing all of this kind of heaviness and um and i was just realizing you know i'm kind of holding on other people's stories you know um and then i was looking at for me, um, you know, because I was looking forward to kind of co-creating with somebody in a romantic way again, and that was exciting to me, you know, and then I got home and I went back into my routine and nothing had changed, right? I still have this connection with this person and I have all these other people that are loved ones, but I went back into my job, my teacher training that weekend and I just remember like getting in the car and feeling kind of sad about, you know, the fact that everybody there was going home to somebody that they loved um, and I was going home alone. Um, and I was just, I think that was really what kind of sparked this just loneliness. And I just gave myself a bit of time to feel my feelings, like feel this void. Um, allow myself to explore that feeling of loneliness and being alone and then I started to invite in some new new things to fill it up not as an avoidance but just like how can I bring I just sat with myself and I said how can I bring joy in right that was my mantra this year and I didn't feel like there was a lot of joy um, in that space of the, the void and so I said okay here I am I feel pretty empty I feel like it's not very full so how can I fill in a little bit with joy and I just you know remembered you know I have my physical practice that I love so much and I wanted to make things you know I thought well what do I do for the holidays how do I instead of going out and buying a bunch of stuff what can I do and so I decided for our trainees who just graduated to make the malas because they learned about Japa meditation and we had movement 109 and movement 109 ha talks about that the reason why we have 109 is that guru bead you know the 109th bead where we t pause and take um, that moment of pause of reverence to our teachers and so we talked about that that was a theme that came up a lot for us in our training this time around so I thought I'm gonna make malas for them and I went to Michael's 
the craft store and it's something that I've had anxiety attacks in before of just this bright lights and lots of stuff. I get overstimulated very easily in those situations and overwhelmed. But oh my God, I went in there with this intention of beads, right? And I was like in a meditation, just looking at all of the beads and all of the options. And and then I came home and I was looking at all the beads and how like how this color would go with this color and how the patterns that I could make in the beads and just like it was becoming the meditation of, of the, the practice of making the malas was becoming a meditation and I was like oh, and all of a sudden I realized oh I'm experiencing joy here oh my goodness <laughs> that's coming back so I was finding those things even in my aloneness right my loneliness I was finding ways in that space of solitude to invite joy into it right inviting these little hobbies again that that sparked and you know, lit me up and then the other, actually, the surprise, you know, because I have a lot of friends. I feel very fortunate. I have, you know, I wouldn't say a lot of friends, but the core friends that I have, they are solid, super solid friends. And I do feel like, I, you know, I feel that they are supportive and, you know, they want me to reach out to them. And definitely when they reach out to me, I feel, I'm hoping that I am of a, a, a some sort of support for them too. Um, but when I get into this space, this kind of void, um, I tend to retreat. You know, I might, I might have some text, but it might be more surfacey. And you know, if I see them, I might share a little bit. But I don't usually go deep with it because I feel like oh, I got this. You know, I know that they have a family and they have kids. You know, they're more worried about. They have you know really busy schedules and they have other friends and. I just start to tell myself all these stories, you know, all these stories of like why their stories, right? I keep telling myself stories of their stories of why it's not necessary to share how I'm feeling, you know, like what's going on in my world. Um, I don't really remember exactly the shift that happened during this funk a couple weeks ago. But I definitely was crying a lot, and I thought, hmm, here I am alone, and I'm telling myself the story of I'm alone, um, but how about I change it by just reaching out and seeing if that's true, right? Is this just a story I'm telling myself? And I think my mom actually had just texted me something really random about something else, and I thought, ooh, this is an opportunity here. And I just told her, I was like, I don't, I texted her and I said, I don't think I'm in a good spot right now. And, um, you know, of course, why wouldn't you want to share with your mother? But I, I don't, I don't usually share when I'm feeling these feelings. So she got on the phone with me and she's been doing a lot of really beautiful inner work this past year too. And it was a conversation that I felt was necessary for both of us. I definitely felt like it was probably uncomfortable for her to hear, you know, her daughter feeling this sadness and she couldn't do anything. You know, she wasn't there to physically hug me or do something for me. Like, you know, she likes to cook for me when I'm not feeling good. So she couldn't physically do anything and she had to use, you know, just her emotional support there, which I think might be challenging or had been challenging for her in the past. But she just really listened to me and she 
felt what I was feeling and I don't know, I just felt really seen by her. And the rest of the week, I just kept going with that. Like, okay, well, that's my mom. Let's try somebody else. So I, I think I even reached out to the person that, you know, we were having this connection with this fall. And because I have this fear of abandonment, especially with men. So I just thought, well, let me let him know how I'm feeling. And he was like, let's get on FaceTime. Let's talk about this. And he was just so present. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. That is definitely not a story that I've told myself in the past that, um, you know, somebody who's no longer with me, right, um, who is, you know, out of obligation. That's what I think the story I used to be is like, oh, well, they're with me. They're obligated to, you know, hear what I, my woes but he's not obligated and he was just just as present as he was before. And, um, and I reached out to another ex who's become a really close friend and he went, he got on the phone and we talked for like two hours. And then I started to reach out to my girlfriends and, and it was, it was just really interesting because we, as soon as I put, I like let down my guard, their guard came down, you know, and I had a really beautiful conversation with with Samantha who's been on here before and <laughs> we're going to talk more about this very soon so stay tuned but you know I was kind of sharing a bit about the story I was telling myself and you know in terms of like the dynamics of our friendship and everything and she just was so sweet she just said oh my god I was telling myself the same story about you right like oh you have this single life and you're so busy and you're running around and and I, and I have the story I was telling about her was, oh, she has this beautiful family and she's just always so busy with work and them and like, I don't want to burden them, right? And she was having this story of like not wanting to reach out to me because she thought I had this really like dynamic, crazy single life <laughs> while I'm just sitting at home being by myself and while she is, yes, with her family, but also is feeling what she calls reverse loneliness, which we're going to dive into together soon. So it was just so beautiful to see how we looked at each other like, oh my God, our external stories are so very different, but in the essence is the same. We both felt this void and didn't know how to share it with somebody else. And uh, yeah, that was such a game changer. And thank you, Sam, if you're listening to this. Um, But yeah, I just, I thought, just this it sounds so silly, I know. And maybe maybe you're listening to this and going, wow, Phoebe, duh. Like, yeah, reach out to your friends. <laughs> reach out to your mom. Maybe it seems like such a big fat duh from uh, other people. But I have a feeling the more I've been talking about this this past week, you know, even people overhearing the conversations I'm having with friends, they chime in, like the people who are over listening, um, kind of listening on the side they've been chiming in and talking about their own isolation and their own loneliness. And gosh, <laughs> the stories we tell ourselves that isolate us even more. It's astounding. It's really astounding how we have kind of created our own void, our own loneliness. And so I do invite you if you have if this resonates with you and anyway even if it's a little tiny grain of salt I invite you to reach out to somebody even if it's a little uncomfortable and you don't have to dump like your whole 
you know, emotional journey on them. Maybe it's just simply, huh, like I said to my mom, I don't feel like I'm doing too well right now, you know, just to like a little opener and see how that shifts your, your, your relation with this person, right? Maybe they have something to share too, and you both just need to be seen. I've said this before, I think a lot of this and this podcast is is proof of it, is that we all just want to be seen. We all just want to be heard. We all just want to be seen. And um, but then we have this feeling that we tell these stories that we're we don't deserve it and we close ourselves off from it. So I do invite you to be seen. Let yourself be seen the good, the bad, the ugly, reach out to somebody that you trust. I would definitely say start with somebody that you really trust and then maybe reach out to somebody that mm, you're just kind of like a little like neutral uh, and then maybe reach out to somebody that you have this definitely groove, right, of maybe it is an abandonment issue, like, oh, they're definitely not going to respond. Maybe try it and see uh, and see what happens, what shifts for you and for them. I think we just need to start talking, just being real. No more weather talk. <laughs> no more small talk. Let's just be real. And it doesn't always have to be about our sadness, but it can also be our joy as well. Because I think sometimes we don't even want to share those joyful moments because we feel guilty, right? We feel guilty like we don't, um, again, deserve it. And we we hide those joyful moments from from the people we love because... They might be going through a hard time um, and we don't want to like, you know, make them feel bad, but gosh, why not? Why not inspire them? Right? You can deliver it in a way that is inspiring rather than kind of putting it in their face. Uh, and the last little idea, you know, we were, I was just talking, who was I talking with yesterday? It was with Jen. Um, we had a break during our teacher training and then uh, another Jen who will be on here another time. She was one of the graduates. We were just sort of having this conversation that I'm sharing with you now about this idea of isolation and all the different ways that you can feel this isolation. And I think Jen hearing who's been on here, she asked me about um, this idea of like being isolated in like a country or suburban life versus the city. I'm kind of not quite sure how we got to it, but she had asked me, you know, does, did you feel isolated when you lived in the city? And it was really interesting because I hadn't really thought about it. And I definitely had moments when I lived in New York City where I did feel alone. Um, but what I said to her was I feel like there's so many people in this, especially in New York City, like we're all living on top of each other, literally in apartments, but then like in the subways, we have armpits in our faces and bags, you know, and elbows kind of get, digging into us on the subways. And there's just so many people around, but we're all sort of just like in it together. And it's not like we're like looking at each other being like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, we're in it. Um, I think it's more of like on an unconscious level, of like, oh, we are all here being alone together, <laughs> right? We all have our headphones on and pretending we're alone, 
but we're still all alone here together. And I have to say, I feel like it's somewhat comforting. Um, I feel like since I made this transition out of the city about 10 years ago, uh, I've had probably more of my lonelier moments being outside of the city. And I think it is because we have a house that is not connected to another house and it's a yard maybe that isn't, you know, touching, you know, it's not, you can't maybe even see your neighbors in some situations where, you know, you just have more space and more of that feeling, that physical feeling of being alone. And I think that makes it harder at times to uh, connect. So I don't know. I'm going to unpack that a little bit more, Jen, since you asked me. But that was just my initial thought. And I, th I think I talked to her about that movie, Revolutionary Road. If you haven't uh, seen it, it's uh, with Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. And it, it's just a story. It's a really sad story. So if you're ready to cry, <laughs> watch that. I definitely want to give you a heads up on that. But it was just this um, kind of, it was about their relationship. But uh, how they were like this sort of a vibrant couple. Can't quite remember if they were super vibrant, but they were moved from the city to the suburbs and just how isolated, especially she felt. I think he too, but just their stories. Um, yeah, it was just, a, it was interesting. I have to go watch it again, but well, during our conversation that that movie came up in my mind and um, yeah, it's quite interesting. That feeling of isolation in our physical experience and an energetic right conscious unconscious experiences collectively um yeah i feel like now i've turned into rambling time it's it's pretty late i actually almost forgot to record this <laughs> so it's rather late on monday night so i could get this out to you but i hope some of that was coherent and you connected with it right you connected with this idea of these stories that we tell ourselves so that we stay in that space of isolation. Oh, if we could just all just drop the freaking storyline. <laughs> um, I think we would be in a lot better space. So I invite you again to drop that storyline, whatever it is. Whatever the storyline is, maybe it has nothing to do with what I'm talking about in terms of isolation, but whatever is that storyline that is bringing you unnecessary sadness or anger or grief, um, drop it and try the exact opposite and just see what happens. All right, everyone, I am going to get this off to you and go to sleep. So. Have a wonderful day. Um, I haven't decided if we're going to be taking a little break because this will fall right on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So we might be taking a couple weeks off, um, but you'll, you'll get it. You can just check in and see. I might surprise us all. <laughs> um, yeah, so we will talk to you soon. Have a beautiful, beautiful holiday and come visit us for winter solstice if you're in the Hudson Valley area this Friday from 6 to 9 at the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors. Bye.